Welcome back to the Mindset Effect Podcast, guys. Today we have an awesome guest, young and ambitious. Um, he's going to have a lot of good advice. So his name is Jesse Gay. So Jesse is an American um, internet entrepreneur, radio personality, podcaster. He's really well known for the Trendsetters podcast, uh, in which he does a lot of interviews focused on sharing stories from really successful people. These include entrepreneurs, politicians, and more. Um, he's also currently CEO of Vibrant Media, a company that works with professional athletes, brands, businesses on monetizing and engaging their online audiences. So Jesse, I'm curious, you know, you started really young. What really went through your mind the last few years and like what got you started? Yeah, no, first off, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, so thanks for including me in this. But I think the mm-hmm. sort of, I've always been entrepreneurial from when I was a little kid. Um, my dad's an entrepreneur. I sort of got that from him, I think. But really, I mean, I started my first business when I was um, nine, flipping shoes on eBay. Um, and then I started my podcast when I was 16. Um, I was sitting in entrepreneurship class and realized that all the kids in my class had really good ideas for products and services, but I had no idea how to actually execute on it or do it. So I thought I'd create a podcast interviewing people that have actually done it themselves. But I think the main thing I've like my whole mindset around the whole thing was like, I like I was good at sports, good at school, but never anything where I felt like I loved it. And business was kind of that thing where I felt like I loved doing it and I'm super passionate and could do it for days, weeks, years on end without really getting bored of it. How did you go about reaching to like those first guests that you got? So for the first probably six months of my podcast, so from March of 2017 until probably September of 2017, I literally sent 350 cold emails a day, every day for those six months. So pull up the Forbes 30 and 30 list, pull up a whole bunch of lists of people I want to interview and literally just found their emails, either guessing using a website, Rocket Reach using a whole bunch of different platforms to literally guess their emails. I'd Instagram DM them, use a whole bunch of different providers to try and see if they were opening it or not. And literally I just cold emailed for months. That's pretty insane. So like, how did you interview Gary Vee and like Jack Dorsey? Like, was it also that pure stubbornness DMing like 10,000 times or was it like connections as well? Yeah, it's weird. So on Gary and Jack were both cold messaging. And then it's funny when I first person ever that made me realize, wow, cold emailing can work was Mark Cuban. Like I called him three years ago. That's insane. And he said no initially. He said he was too busy, but he responded. I was like, wow, Mark's seeing my emails. Like, I guarantee other people are. And then funny enough, three years later, two weeks ago, Mark Cuban was on the podcast. So it's weird how everything like circles back and does a full circle. Um, but almost all of my guests at the beginning were cold because I had no listeners or no real pitch. And then eventually as the podcast grew to kind of where it is now, um, in terms of listeners, it became a more appealing, attractive thing for people to come on. And then obviously it's sort of that validation model. Like when you have Jack Dorsey on and Gary, then other people want to put their name with that. So now it's way more inbound, which is awesome. And it's, it's much easier to get guests. But at the beginning, I mean, I kind of enjoyed the hustle of like cold emailing all these people and waiting for a response to see you respond, see what messages work, see what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people get put down by the rejection and they don't want to like cold email. But like when you cold email, like – you just got to shoot your shot. Yeah. It's a great way to learn how to deal with rejection. And like most people won't respond. 98% will be a no, but like if you're cool with that, then you get some yeah. people you would have never even imagined reaching out to in the first place. Yeah. Well, what's been like your end goal with the podcast? Like, do you have like something that you're working up towards to achieve? On the podcast, I really just do it for fun and to meet really cool people. Um, 
the main focus on that was like, it ended up turning into an interesting like lead generator for my business on getting me clients, which I didn't really expect when I started it at the point because I didn't even have a business at that point. Um, but the main goal of the podcast is to meet really, really cool people I wouldn't have met to begin with and either do something cool with them or just stay connected with them. It's been, I mean, even just in the last month through quarantine, I've been able to interview some amazing people. So obviously I had Mark on. I had uh, Erica Nardini, who's the CEO of Barstool, Candace Parker, the WNBA MVP, a whole bunch of just really cool people that I get to connect with from all different walks of life. So that's kind of the angle to continue to grow the listener base and interview some really cool people. And end goal is interview Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> that is so that's a good one. Are you, uh, do you know what Hat Club is? Can you repeat it? Uh, Hat Club. Have you ever I heard don't. of it? So it's, yeah, so it's like a high school program um, where they, they like kind of foster um, young programmers in high school and stuff. And they recently actually just had an AMA with Elon Musk, like Friday or something, which is pretty insane. That is very cool. Good for them. That's amazing. That is pretty sweet. Do you have any like tactics on how you want to go about reaching him or just get big enough to the point where he's like, let's do it? I definitely sent cold emails in the past to them. Um, I think I guess if my Mark Cuban method works is just send them another cold email with new validated yes and maybe it'll say yes. Like I probably sent Mark ten cold emails and it was no, no, no response, no response, no response, no response, no response. And then literally I emailed him within like three years ago and within a minute and a half he responded and CC'd it as assistant and said, Let's get this set up. So like, you never know. It could be a mood thing, it could be like my whole reason behind doing it during quarantine is like everyone's looking for things to do. Like mm-hmm. it's the best time to get these people to say yes. Oh yeah. Agreed. It's accurate. Yeah. So how did you get Viber started? Cause I can see some Gary V inspiration in that name. Yeah. So I started, um, Viber January of 2017, 2018, senior year of high school. I'm a sophomore in college now. So senior year of high school. Um, and the real thing behind that was I interned at this company called Steiner sports senior year of high school. Brandon Steiner has been a mentor of mine. Good friend. Um, but it was the largest sports memorabilia and marketing company in America and sports and business were always my main two interests. So I interned for brands and I literally did a half day of school every day. So I'd work till 11 AM and then go to his office and work. But I, I mean, we got great results for him. Then I did a little like small consulting project with the Knicks and Rangers. And I was like, Hey, wow, like there's some real money and opportunities uh, to be made here. And I'm decent at it. And really it just started from there. My first major client was Paul Rodriguez, who's a pro skateboarder, Nike sponsored athlete. Um, I didn't know who he was at the time, but he's a really, really good friend now. And that was kind of my foot in the door to the sports industry. And then I've been able to work with so many incredible sports, sports teams, leagues, um, fortune 500 companies. It's been amazing. Yeah, so how do you like balance your time? Like you have school and you have work and all your side projects. Like how do you balance that? It's definitely a challenge. I was just talking about this earlier today. Um, I thought quarantine was going to give me time to decompress but actually it's just been, I'm sleeping the least and doing the most work I ever have because I, instead of just focusing on, all right, I have school, it's a little more chill and I can double down on my business. I'm like doing that. And then I added another thing. I started this project called the making lemonade fund, um, two and a half weeks ago, which I thought at first was just going to be something that didn't take a ton of time. It was a cool, like give back thing. So I started this thing, uh, GoFundMe and fundraiser. We've partnered with a bunch of nonprofits now, but to raise money for the CDC foundation, direct relief fund and feeding America. And I was expecting that to be like a cool project with a couple friends and like raise some money, but it's blown up. And that's literally taking up probably seven hours a day right now is working on that. We're at uh, 250 people on our team. 
We've partnered with 70 schools, 80 fraternities and sororities, raised $40,000 in two weeks. It's been crazy, which is amazing. But um, to, in terms of balance of time, it, I think it really just comes down to priorities. So prioritizing what's important, being okay saying no to things. It's something I've had to work a lot on to get better at, but saying no. And then really just scheduling stuff out. Google Calendar is literally my best friend. <laughs> I 100% feel that, especially like Same. with all the things. Yeah, I think Kevin and I are also kind of in the boat of like trying to do way too many things. Yeah. So Google Calendar is definitely like the best friend of life. So do you have any, like, what are your goals for the next few years on like things that you want to achieve? I'd say it's a couple things. Um, business, I'd like to continue to grow. I also see some, I, like what I do now, I don't see doing for the rest of my life. I really enjoy it. I just think long-term I want to do something a little more scalable um, and something that I love the clients I get to work with. And it's an amazing experience. I just don't think I want to be in the agency model long-term. Um, so continue to grow my business, continue to develop outside of that personally. It's the reason I went to college to kind of have that experience and enjoy myself and do that. So balance that with work, try and keep my grades decent, uh, continue working on more projects like making lemonade where I can try and give back and do all that, but really just continue going where I am now. I definitely want to continue running and owning my own company and sort of seeing what happens over the next couple of years. Do you ever see yourself dropping out or anything? I, so I almost didn't go to college. Um, and then I went and then I actually almost transferred this semester. Um, and I got into schools that were more fun than where I go right now. I got into an Ivy. I got into schools that were a whole bunch of different fits. I ended up realizing like the reason I'm in school right now is one to get to learn. And I want to take classes that are interesting to me, but more important than that is to just mature as a person and like develop. And that's the main reason why I stayed in school. I think like the education's cool. I don't think the degree is that valuable. Um, I, like the main reason I did it was I wanted to develop and continue. And I mean, now I'm what, two years down. I, I, is there a place where I could drop out if some crazy once in a lifetime experience comes and hits me? Sure. But I, I, I have a feeling I'll graduate. Um, a bunch of my mentors, one of them is now a owner of a sports team billionaire, super successful dude. <laughs> he dropped out after six weeks of college. And his biggest advice to me is do not drop out of college. Go. It's my one regret. You can never get those years back. Um, like if you have the talent, you'll always have the talent. It doesn't matter if you start it. 19 or 23. Um, so I don't intend on dropping out. I think I'll stick it out at this point. It's interesting. So how do you like go about finding like young and ambitious people at, you know, college and your high school? Like, how do you meet those people? Yeah. So I think first off there's, a, I met a bunch of incredible people from Stevens where I go really smart group of people and same from high school, but the best place I've found um, other people and my five closest friends in the world are four of the five I met through this group called next gen. Um, so it's called Next Gen Summit. Uh, it's a group of 20,000 young entrepreneurs, leaders, politicians, everything. Then they have an annual event, usually in June. I think it's going to be in the fall at this point. But with over 2,000 people there, they have some incredible speakers. Like Ray Dalio is a confirmed speaker this year. Um, they have some really, really cool people. And Dylan Gambardell and Justin Lafazan, who co-founded it. Uh, Dylan played on the practice squad on the basketball team at Duke. And Justin went to UPenn. They're geniuses. They're really good dudes. But literally that group, I went to my first next gen four years ago. Uh, that like had just started my podcast, didn't know anything. And that group has given me the best network of people literally in the entire world. So, oh, a ton to them. I'd highly recommend anyone check it out. I think their website's like joinnextgen.com or ngsummit.com. I can find it and send it to you guys. But hands down, the most incredible group. I've met almost all of my best friends from there. So I'd highly recommend you guys check it out. 
Did your high school like foster your entrepreneurial spirit or would you say I, it kind of? Yeah. I mean, at first they weren't a huge, I mean, I, my teachers, I don't think were a huge fan, but my high school in general did a really great job. I mean, I've been lucky enough to go back and speak there. Like they really embraced it and try to continue with new students, but that they were very open to that internship program I did. So I left every day at 11 a.m. And it's crazy because when I did it, I think I was one of three or four people doing it. Now like 25 kids do it. Uh, so it's really cool to see that kind of progression. Um, but no, my high school is very open to that, which was cool. Ooh, I have, yes, actually. Uh, so we were talking about this earlier. We want to do kind of a poll on a bunch of the guests that we have. So do you prefer like coffee, tea, or soda? Ooh, definitely not tea. I have probably five cups of coffee a day. And I used to drink a lot of soda, but now I really, I'm the big like seltzer guy, like sparkling water. So mm. like my two drinks literally will always either see me, they're drinking like a Poland spring sparkling water or coffee. Like whenever we have our team meetings at night for the making lemonade thing, people tell me I'm insane because we start them at 9 PM and uh, every night, I think tonight's meeting 16, every night I've had coffee cup in my hand. So I'm addicted <laughs> to coffee, which is not good. Um, I tried to hold off for as long as I could. And I held off until probably three to four months ago, six months ago. And now I just can't stop drinking. But coffee, number one, closely followed by sparkling water, followed, I guess, by soda and then tea at the bottom. I don't How do you sleep with coffee? That is so I weird. Don't, uh, my sleep. So outside of quarantine, normal life, my last cup of coffee is probably at five o'clock. And then I get to sleep by midnight. Um, quarantine, my sleep schedule is so unbelievably fucked up. It's <laughs> wild. I go to sleep at like three in the morning, wake up at eight. It's horrible. Um, so though I don't sleep with coffee really, I guess I just go to sleep at three. That's pretty yeah, insane. It's, it's funny. Cause like I used to, I went from going, uh, from getting up at 4am like call, during college to like this quarantine has been like regular schedule of like wake up at like eight or 9am. And it's honestly kind of terrible. But like, I am definitely like, I have way too much Diet Coke all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, I think I'm working on like my third or fourth today, which is terrible. Do you ever get worried about like the caffeine intake that you consume? Yeah, it's probably not the best idea. My dad <laughs> keeps telling me that. I'm going to try and cut back to like three cups a day, like a 8 a.m. cup, maybe a noon cup of coffee, and then like a four or five o'clock cup, and then move to decaf. Yeah. Were your parents like supportive of all your entrepreneurial things in the beginning? Yeah, they were. And I, I think one of the key reasons I've been able to do this was how encouraging and supportive they were. My dad's an entrepreneur, so he obviously was very for it and encouraged it. Um, and I think a key aspect, of, and same with my mom, she's been incredible and supportive of the whole thing. And I think a key point is when I was pursuing this whole college, do I go, where do I go? Do I transfer? What do I do? Going back to my dad was very, very important um, just because he is a business owner. He's been there. He went to college, went to an Ivy, did the whole thing, and basically told me, he's like, dude, it doesn't matter where you go to school or what you do. Just give college a shot because you'll regret it if you don't, and then go from there. Like, if you have it, if you go to Harvard or you go to community college, like, it's not, that outlook isn't that different depending on what you have, as long as you're open to doing it. Like, my, I like to think just from all the cold emailing and the network I've done outside of that, it doesn't really matter where I go because I've gotten to meet through the podcast and all of these amazing people. But I think one of the best things you can do is sort of dive in and try and learn as much as you can from some of these schools, especially Ohio State or where I go, where you have incredible faculty and professors that have sort of devoted their life to a topic. Might as well try and learn some stuff from them. Yeah. Yeah. Love that action first mindset. Yeah. So you're also a public speaker, right? And yeah. Like, so talk bit. us through like some talks you've done recently. 
Yeah, um, it's funny. I never even tried to like pursue the public speaking space. It kind of just happened. Um, and actually my first public speech ever, tying back to Gary Vaynerchuk, weird tie-in. Um, my first public speech ever, I was 16 years old, seven, 17 years old, I guess. It was February, three years ago. And I don't know why I got invited. All I had was a decently sized podcast at that point. I got invited to speak at this thing called uh, Generation Now in Toronto. And I'd never done a public speech before. I thought I was horrible at speaking. I was horrible at speaking. If you watch the video, you'll see. But like, I walked onto stage and literally there's 3,000 people and Gary is the person after me. So like, I, it, that was terrifying. Um, but most of the stuff I do, um, I'd say it's kind of a split between speaking at like, corporate companies and then just some events but a majority of the stuff i talk about is just how you can use digital and social for your business or to push that out and then sort of just where i see marketing moving as a whole on the digital side for gen z and how we respond to it yeah how'd i feel you like get, you can talk you got it how'd you get that opportunity on the public speaking side mm -hmm. my first public speaking thing that one in toronto was literally just by chance um i was doing my podcast and the event organizer just reached out to me out of nowhere and was like, Hey, do you have interest in this? We'd love to have a young perspective. I was like, yeah, I guess so. I don't really know. Sure. Um, so that was the main thinking behind that. And then really it's just been as the podcast has grown and business has grown, I've been lucky to be invited to some stuff, but not a ton of outreach. I sort of, I don't pursue speaking stuff, but sometimes when an opportunity presents itself, I like to go for it. Wait, so for that first, uh, public speaking, did you know how many people were going to be in that stadium? I knew it was going to be a lot. I didn't know it was oh, going to okay. be 3,000. <laughs> That's what you said, yeah. Because yeah, I feel like most people just make excuses to not do that because of how the sheer size of people there, especially like if it's your first time speaking on. Oh, I was terrified. I walked out because the scary part was like, you walk out and you look out and you're like, wow, that's a lot of people. Like I've never spoken yeah. in front of five. But then I looked up and I was like, holy shit, there's a second level. And then I was like, that, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Um, and I'd literally practiced once in front of my family and that was about it. So oh it was God. crazy. Um, but it was fun. It was a cool experience and I've got, I got better from it. So, yeah. So what are some other, uh, resources for young entrepreneurs? Um, so besides, besides that, uh, next gen. Yeah. I'd say a couple of things. Um, number one, if I can be a resource to anyone, feel free to shoot me a message. You can either send me a DM on Instagram, uh, J E S S E dot K A Y. 11, I uh, shoot me an email, J-E-S-S-E -S -S -E at Viber, V-Y-B-E-R, media.com. But really, outside of that, I think resources are a couple things. Obviously, anyone could listen after they listen to your podcast. They can also listen to my podcast, Trendsetters. I try and interview people who I want, who is advice I would have wanted when I was younger. Um, and then outside of that, I'd say, if you look in the right place, like my biggest advice to anyone else who's trying to do it is find your tribe or group of people that you want to be like. So that whole cliche of like surround yourself with the five people smarter than you who you want to be the most like, like it's true. It's true. Um, so I spend my time with five, my five closest friends are five of the most successful young people I know in the world. And it's just, once again, I found them through next gen and it's been very cool to see all of us grow. Like four years ago, one of my friends was starting this company and I helped connect him with the guy who we ended up running it with. And, I, literally that was four years ago when we all started and a week from now he's about to raise money at a couple hundred million dollar valuation like it's just crazy uh -huh. to see how tides turn um and see that growth but i'd highly recommend people get involved in groups find sort of if they're interested in business join next gen if they're interested in music find a group for that just find what you're interested in and dive as deep as you can into it 
Yeah. I'm curious. Are you like any clubs in college? Not. I mean, a little bit. Um, most of my, I should be. I really, I mean, I'm in Greek life. Um, but outside of fraternity, um, I should get more involved. They do some stuff through the business school is almost like an ambassador and do some stuff with them. But outside of that, most of my stuff is spent. I mean, one the most in school thing I've done right now is this making lemonade fund, which isn't even endorsed by my school. We have like 30 people from my school involved in it. Um, and that's another thing. If anyone who's listening wants to get involved, like I said, we have over 75 colleges that we've partnered with on doing this. We're pushing out through a bunch of D1 sports programs this week. Um, and if we get, when, not if we get to hundred grand, when we get to hundred grand, my hair's good. I just got a mild haircut from my mom, but if we get to a hundred, uh, she did a good job actually. But if we get to hundred <laughs> grand, my sister is going to shave my entire head. So if oh, you want to be God. part of helping that out, uh, you could shoot me an email as well and we'll get you guys involved. But we literally have a group of 250, um, young entrepreneurs and young professionals and college kids all working on this one project together so i think that's a really really cool networking opportunity for anyone who wants to get involved yeah it's pretty insane like the things we least expect happen the most 100 percent, i agree i think it's like literally the things you like you start a project out of nowhere just to try and raise some money and i've met some of some people that i can see doing business projects and companies with down the line and get involved and it's been really cool just to see it blow up any thoughts andrew yeah. So like, do you have any other ways um, for like finding the people that you would want to be surrounded with other than like, um, like all these conferences and stuff, especially like over this coronavirus time? hundred percent. Literally it's three steps. Number one, Google people that you want to be like. Step two, find their email. Number three, email them and then <laughs> talk to them. Literally like out of my five closest friends, three of them I cold emailed and two of them cold emailed me before this next gen thing. And that's how we met. And one of them, I cold emailed him because I wanted to have him on my podcast because he was on Shark Tank and I got a deal from <laughs> Cuban and I was blown away by him. And now he's literally one of my best friends in the world. So look up people who you want to be like and literally just meet them, talk to them. Like people will talk to, and I, I'm saying yes to every interview thing I get right now because what's the downside? I've ta- like, I, I, I don't have time, but I'm trying to tell myself I have time. Um, and what's the downside? Like, why do I, I can catch up on sleep in two weeks. Who cares? We're stuck in our house anyway. Like I'd say, reach out to anyone you want to meet, double down on it and find people who you want to be like in five years. That's my, my entire thing is trying to continue to meet people that I want to be like in five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years across all age gaps. Because obviously if you surround yourself with people who've done it, they'll help you prevent the mistakes they made and you sort of follow in their pathway too. So are your closest friends like around your age or are they, are they much older than you? Yeah. So my five closest friends are from, I'm a little, I'm the youngest by a little bit, but they're all 19 to 23. Um, but none of them live even remotely near me. Like out of my five closest friends, one lives in Florida, one lives in Ohio, one lives in Minnesota, one lives in Oregon. California, Georgia, Massachusetts, like nobody even, one lives in Jersey, but not even near me in Jersey. So like, that's the one cool thing, like with technology now, I feel way closer with them than I feel with some people I know from school because I talked to them on FaceTime or house party was relevant in high school and now it's relevant again because we're in a pandemic. Outside of that, it's not a relevant platform, but during those two, it's great. Um, But I spend three hours talking to them a day. Like, so it, I don't need to be physically with them too, but I'm doing it. It's cool because we get to like bounce business ideas off each other, but then also talk business operations, then just talk about personal lives too. So that's really cool having friends that are in a similar industry than you. We're all going through the same shit. Yeah. 
how do you go about like actually building those meaningful relationships with those people instead of like making it just like a one-time phone call thing and then you never talk again? I think it's a couple parts. I think it's number one, just like providing value, not going directly for an ask. Um, and then secondly, I think it's just being a normal human being and just being cool. Like, you know, if somebody was like, Hey, I'm going to college. How do I meet people and make sure they talk to me again? It's just be a normal person and be cool. Like, and then they'll talk to you again. So I'd say just develop relationships, provide that value. Don't ask for stuff. That's the main stuff. Yeah. Also for um, cold emailing, like, do you have like t- a template or is it just, yeah, just I do. I can out. actually send it to you guys if you want, but it's a pretty mm-hmm. simple, like three or four sentence cold email. It's not that difficult at all. Yeah. It'd be great. Actually. Yeah, that'd be great. Actually. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm happy to send that to you guys. Did you have any other tips for like when you reach out to those people or like any kinds of things to provide? Like when you reach out to people, do you always try to be like, oh, is there anything that I can like help you with as well? Or how do you go about that? My typical pitch is, hey, come on my podcast because I get to get to talk to them and hear their story, but also they get to share their message with a hundred thousand Gen Zers and people our age. So that's sort of the sort of opportunity for them. Um, but that's the main thing. And then I just like, like anyone I talk to, I try and connect them to anyone who I think could be a cool person for them to meet. So, Oh, you should meet him. And then it's just a really cool way to get to connect people and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also just really curious. So you change your podcast name from 20 under twenties to yep. trendsetters. Like why yep. is that? Um, well, so 20 under twenties initially was supposed to be interviewing successful people in their twenties and below. Then I kind of ran out of people in their twenties and below. <laughs> And then also I just started interviewing people like Gary, Jack Dorsey, Mark Cuban. And I was like, all right, I can't go with the name 20 in your 20s and interview these guys who are 50. And I think these 50-year-olds can provide very insightful info for 20-year-olds too. Mm-hmm. So I changed it to trendsetters because now the goal of the podcast is to interview the trendsetters of their industry, people that have reached the top in whatever industry they're in. How do you go about like finding those? Um, like, obviously it's a lot harder to find people in their twenties uh, or less uh, younger yeah. than their twenties that are successful. Like how'd you go about finding them? Forbes 30 under 30 list, cranes under 30 list, all mm-hmm. of those. I just pulled those and emailed everyone on it. Mm-hmm. Did you get like a lot of responses from most of those people? A decent amount, surprisingly at the beginning, um, probably like 30% responded, which was great. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like being young gives you an advantage when you're cold messaging? hundred percent. When I used the cold email thing of just podcast interview, I got like a 2% request response rate and I changed it to like 16 year old podcast. It went to like 70% overnight. <laughs> so use your age, use your unique angle to do it. hundred percent. I would totally agree. I think that's one of the most important things is finding your unique like trait or unique ability and doubling down on it. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts, Andrew? Cause we're running out of time. I do not. Yeah, so I guess we're going to wrap it up. So, Jesse, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. It was oh, truly a pleasure to have you on the show. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Um, you guys are doing a really good job on this. Keep it up. If I can be helpful with anything, let me know. But I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I uh, look forward to checking it out. Yeah, so like, if people want to find you online or follow you, like, where should they go? On Twitter, I'm J-E-S-S-E-K-A-Y-811. Outside of that, Instagram is our most active, which is J-E-S-S-E dot K-A-Y-11. Like I said, you can shoot me an email, jesse at vibermedia.com. Um, and if you want to get involved in the Making Lemonade Fund, you can check us out on, I think, all platforms at Making M-A-K-I-N, Lemonade Fund. You can shoot me a direct email for that project, jesse at makinglemonadefund.com. Um, but if I can be helpful on anything, I'd love to connect with you all. And thank you again. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for everyone listening to the podcast. See you all.